Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Internet Marketing. by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.co.uk. This is Internet Marketing. Now, before we start today, we'd like to encourage anyone looking for help with their digital marketing to get in touch with Site Visibility. Whether you have a burning digital marketing question or you're looking for an agency to work with, they'd love to hear from you. Give them a call, plus 44-1273-733-433, or you can fill out the form at sitevisibility.co.uk slash contact, or you can speak, yes, speak live with either Scott or Sean via their magic live chat function on the site. They'd be more than happy to help. Now, today I am joined by Nick Usborne, copywriter and founder of conversationalcopywriting.com. Nick, how are you doing? Good. Well, thank you. Um, you're in Canada, aren't you? But you don't sound very Canadian. I'm, I'm mid-Atlantic. I got wet feet, so I'm, I'm, I'm bo- born and raised and bred in England, just a little north of you. I'm a Sussex boy. Yeah. And then came over to Canada about thirty years ago. Moved all over, but I've been in Montreal for the last fifteen years. Yeah, we were having a conversation before we pressed the record button, and it turns out that uh, Nick used to live um, in literally the same place that my my uh, daughter's boyfriend's father's sister's son's uh, nephew lives at the moment no, it's just, not very far from here at all so you're a sussex no, boy i am a sussex boy i'm a sussex farm boy fantastic well um, um apart from the fact that you're a sussex farm boy um tell us a little bit about yourself and what you've been doing i am oh you want the brief history of me yes um, yes but within within three minutes if possible all right so being a farm boy, I was slave labor. And then uh, when I got to my early, about age 20, my dad gently nudged me out of the house, told me to go to London and get a proper job, which I did. And I kind of fell into advertising. I had no idea that advertising agencies even existed, but I was living in a shared house and somebody worked in that agency. I said, is it fun? They said, yes. So I grabbed the yellow pages, uh, <laughs> wrote 20 letters, 20 letters. 20 letters to the yeah to I think they were all starting with a b and c and uh, on an old manual typewriter got three interviews one job offer took it and suddenly became a copywriter and loved it and I've been doing that ever since I've worked at some agencies mostly I've been freelancing uh working with originally companies in England more recently lots of American North American companies mainly and uh yeah love it still love it so next year is my 40th anniversary as a copywriter and um I'm still enjoying it still having a good time so I'm kind of blessed in that regard 
That really takes you back, you know, the yellow pages. I remember, remember the adverts, let your fingers do the walking. Half of our audience will be far too young to remember that. And they wouldn't have used a manual, an old manual typewriter to no. write those letters. For, <laughs> to get in, well, no, they, get wouldn't have. they wouldn't have had a massive yellow book with very thin pages, <laughs> with just full of adverts and telephone numbers. Anyway, um, right, yeah, copywriting. I'm glad we're talking about copywriting because we haven't had that on the show for a little while. And I like your approach because you're very kind of, I think you're a man after my own heart, you're very kind of you like to write in a human way as opposed to a uh, sort of um, oh, markety way. That's probably a better way of describing that. But let, let's talk about one of your pet hates. This, this, this does feel like the UK show Room 101. I'm going I'm to go slightly brummy like the guy that presents <laughs> it, but let's, let's talk about one of your pet hates. What do you want to send to Room 101? It's marketing automation, isn't it? Part of it, like, hey, on on the one hand, marketing automation is great. I'm sure you use it. I use it. It's amazing to be able to press some buttons and check some boxes and have stuff, emails go out or systems kind of kick in and and stuff happen. So I'm not averse to automation per se. I think it it can be really, really helpful. What I am is when people, what, what drives me crazy is when people use automation to automate the appearance of being chatty like 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 i hate it when i get that email that says yo nick comma i was thinking about you this morning and at that point i just stopped no you weren't because i yeah i think no you were not you're lying whatever because i know this email has been sitting in that freaking funnel that sales funnel but you wrote it six months ago so the the automotion the automation of pretend friendship really it just drives me nuts now it drives me nuts i guess partly because this is what i do for a living and i try not to be that person but i also think a regular person now they, they don't see it they don't think oh this is part of an automated funnel sequence but i think after the third or fourth time a regular just a regular person who's not in this business gets that kind of message something must begin to tickle in their mind thinking you know what, this is kind of weird. This is the third person this week who's pretending to be my buddy and said they were thinking about me this morning. And I I just don't think that's a sustainable way to pretend to have a relationship. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, that drives me nuts. The automation of friend, the automation of being my buddy when, in fact, we're complete strangers. And this kind of feeds into copywriting and writing in in a more human way doesn't it do, do you think though if um you know somebody wants to automate it because i have thought a bit about this myself actually i mean there are there are some kind of if you look at large numbers of people as opposed to individual i mean me and you're a bit of an exception we hate this kind of stuff um to, to, to a certain degree because we kind of know about it but if do you think if you were going to automate it you could kind of get around it a bit by almost taking the mickey out of the automation but saying something in the in the email like um guess what this is another one of those annoying automated emails where i'm going to pretend to be your friend right, <laughs> right. so so this is one of the things i talk about when i'm kind of on my soapbox talking about conversational copywriting is the idea of transparency so i i do precisely that I, I send out an email, like I have a, an email list of people who are interested in conversational copywriting, but I also have a course, and these people that haven't purchased the course, they just like hearing me chat about it. So I, I wrote at them a while back and said, hey, look, I'm going to pretend to do this thing. You know how they have these last chance emails? You know, the price is going to double at midnight tonight by oh, now. So I was, I was scarcity. 
Right, the scarcity. And, and, and you can have real scarcity, but mostly it's made up by the marketer. So I said, look, and, and I was totally transparent. I said, look, I, let's, let's not do that because you know me, I know you. I said, let's just pretend that that's happening and just, just buy it, all right? Just buy the course. Nothing happened, nothing happened. So the next week I sent out an email saying, okay, guys, I tried to be nice about this, but I said, today we're going to do the scarcity thing. And I said, the price is going to go off at midnight tonight. I said, I warned you last week and you didn't pay attention. So this is your last chance. <laughs> and and I, got, I, I got like 20 sales before lunchtime. So oh, then I write back the next week and I say, well, isn't that weird? I said, you know, even when I'm transparent, even when I'm telling you the device I'm going to use to make you buy, it still works. And when I, when I tell you about it and I don't use it, I get no sales. So, so then we get this wonderful balance between here's how marketing can work, but you don't have to be, you know, I was totally transparent about it. Yeah, and, and that's yeah. what, in fact, a lot of the people on the list love about it is that I'm, I, I'm never, you know, I, I talk about marketing, I talk about copywriting, but I never try and play them. I'm always totally transparent about what I'm yeah, actually up yeah. to. And I think companies can do that. Now, maybe not to that extent, but I think there's huge opportunity for companies to be much more open and transparent and just genuine and engaging and to stop with the old school pushing messages, broadcast messages at an audience. Instead of selling at the audience, engage with them, like acknowledge that your business is actually just made up of regular people who've actually just happened to have come into work and now they're part of the company for the day. Yeah. I mean, you talk about this sort of thing. I know that one of the things that is sort of related is because you you were mentioning early before we pressed the record button that um, you've had experience where website designers kind of come to you after they've done a load of design and say, "Oh, let's let's fill this empty website full of words now." Because <laughs> I know that's a, that's another big bugbear for you. Is it? Tell us a bit about that. I think it's so so. At its basis, like I have, I've had this experience forever. I wrote my first website back in 1995. And from that day on, whenever I'm working with a team, and I was involved with lots of startups in the kind of late 1990s, and the, the technology guys, the developers, and the, the designers would have all created this wonderful website. And then literally, they'd hand me a template and say, oh, by the way, everything's done. Can you just write in the words, please? And don't go for more than 77 characters for the headline. Because <laughs> that wouldn't fit. That wouldn't look very nice. And I'm like, seriously, you, you think the words are that unimportant that you come to me at the last minute and then tell me I can only use 77 characters. And that drives me nuts. Because if you go to a web page and you strip out all the design and leave the words, you got something. Go to a website, leave all the design and take out the words, you got nothing. It's it, ultimately it's the words that drive action or engagement or the sale or the sign up or or whatever. So yeah, that absolutely drives me nuts. Is where people think that the words are unimportant because they're not. They're mm. not. And it's like, hey, it, I'm going to go back to a dating analogy. Like some guy goes on a first date, and he thinks it's about what he wears and whether he had his hair cut and what what she's wearing or whether you know what I mean. It's like yeah. he. It's not. It's actually about the conversation you have with the other person. That, yeah. That's what's going to make that other person either like you or not like you. It, it's, it's, not, it's not some, hey, sure, you don't want to go wearing your worst clothes to a first date. But really, it's the words in, in, in any relationship. It's the conversation that you have that, that really makes the big difference. 
millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Right, I'm going to be very controversial now. I might get beaten down or I might get slapped down for saying this, but hopefully not. (laughs) You just said something that made me think, because I've historically been quite vocal about, because I'm a a developer. Right rather than a marketer. And I, in the past, have, well, I still am, I'm quite vocal about, I wish there were more women in software development. Right. And I'm kind of wondering if the, the female mindset has got it a bit more right than the male mindset. Because you know, you were just talking about, like a bloke will go out and he'll like worry about what he, he kind of, has he got the right watch on and has he sort of sprayed his armpits and stuff like that. Whereas I think a woman would more think in a more holistic way, like the whole package of the conversation. Do women, in your experience, make better copywriters than men? I don't think so. No? And I, and I don't think men make better copywriters than, than women. Uh, I've got some favorites of, uh, Susie Henry is a huge favorite of mine. So she, she, her heyday was the 1980s and 1990s. She's still teaching today. Mm. Uh, David Abbott, British copywriter from the same period, huge, I'm a huge fan of his. Um, I also like over the last decade or so, I've, I've done a huge amount of teaching. So I teach a lot of copywriters. I look at a lot of kind of homework submissions as it were for male and female writers mm. and i don't I, I get what you're saying like maybe a, a female would bring a more holistic view to it uh, i'm not sure that's it's not been my experience i i i never kind of anticipate either way yeah i i, I see wonderful copywriters who are male and female and I, and I haven't seen just their sex giving them a particular advantage or yeah. disadvantage maybe i'm generalizing too much Let's move on. Let's talk about the uh, the web as a, an interactive medium. Because I know, I know that one of the things that you talk about a fair bit is the fact that the web is isn't just like a you know a, a publishing medium. It's it's interactive these days, and everyone's an author. Right. What, are you, what are your thoughts there? Well, I, I think there's a huge opportunity for companies here in in terms of the written word. 
because again when i started out it was all broadcast media so i was writing like a tv commercial or a print ad where i was writing a sales message which was then broadcast at an audience and there was no feedback you can't talk back to a television or a print advertisement so that was broadcast copywriting Today, the, the web is a totally different medium. It's a, it's a two-way, it's a multi-way medium. In fact, I can not only talk back, I can be a creator as well. You can create a movie. Hey, I can create a movie as well. I can create a movie and publish it on YouTube if I want. Yeah. And, and in fact, people, regular people, create more content each day than media companies do or companies do, You know, particularly if you take into account social media. Mm. So the, the medium really is utterly different. But when I look at you know, how different is marketing copy today or business writing, the gobbledygook of business writing, you know, marketing writing, business writing, how different is it today than it was before the web? And the answer is not much. Mm. Uh, I, I see very few companies truly take advantage of the difference of the benefits of the opportunity of, hey, what what's possible if in fact I listen. We can go back to the dating analogy. You know, a good date happens when you actually stop and listen for a minute. Yeah. Same online. I think the best copywriting I've done online is where I've invested a ton of time listening to my audience, listening to their language, listening to what upsets them, what delights them, what they love, what they hate. The more I listen to an audience first, which I can do on the web, I couldn't really do it offline. We had focus groups and stuff, but it was a very blunt instrument online. I can get really granular in terms of listening to my audience before I write. And then I can write to them and I can write to them in their language. I can write to them addressing their interests, their fears. I can be far more reader centric rather than business or company centric. Yeah. And, and everyone can do that, but hardly anyone does. They still do this old school selling at an audience. And that drives me nuts because it's just such a huge wasted opportunity. I always remember because a lot of what you're saying um, reminds me of when I first started doing podcasting back in 2006 because I, I didn't do just this one. I did quite a few other ones as well. And uh, there was a chap called Jason Van Orden. Jason, if you're listening, hi. I don't, know if he, I don't think he's a listener, but he was certainly very active then with podcasts. I think he's doing other stuff now. But Jason always said one thing that always stuck with me when he was describing uh, podcasts as a sort of way of kind of promoting yourself he used this phrase and it was um, if you use a podcast to tell people about what you can do and how you can help them, you don't have to be all salesy. Does that ring true to you? Because it reminds me of good copywriting. If you can copyright in a good conversational way uh, that shows people how you could help them, do you think that's a good way of not being all salesy? Yeah, absolutely. So, and in fact, I think the best copywriters have always been conversational. And by that, I mean, so people say to me, but hey, Nick, you can't actually have real conversations. And I said, no, but you can have conversational language. And by that, I mean that let, let's say I write a piece of copy like in sales copy. Mm. I then suggest to people if I'm teaching, I say, look, imagine you're sitting across the kitchen table from a member of your audience for that writing. Now read it out loud. Yeah. Does it sound stupid? Uh, do, do you feel awkward or embarrassed because it sounds manipulative and salesy? Are you tripping over your own writing because your paragraphs and sentences are too long? Yeah. Does it sound off if you read it out loud? So that, in a sense, is my definition of conversational copywriting, is if you can read it out loud to someone or imagine they're there and it feels natural and sincere, 
then that's that's perfect. And yes, I think if you do that, I, I'm, I'm kind of avoiding your question in a way or, yeah. or not answering it. But yeah, I think if you do that, people respect that. People like that, like the fact that you're being open and you're speaking to them naturally and you're not being salesy and you're not using business gobbledygook and pretending yeah. to be clever. Yeah. So, yeah, but but then going back to what I was talking about when I was being transparent in my emails and saying to people, hey, the, the price actually will go up this evening. I'm not saying ignore best practices in terms of sales or marketing. I'm just saying you don't have to be a about it, <laughs> a belief about yeah. it. You, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you don't have to be salesy about it. You can be sincere. You can be conversational. You can speak like a natural, naturally, like one person to another and still employ those devices, but do it in a way that isn't creepy. Yeah, it's like a balance, isn't it? It's 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 striking it is. a balance, which is, is quite exactly. If you had, um, if you could uh, condense this into just one oh, top tip, I hate that phrase, top tip, top tip or key takeaway. Sounds very corporate. If you could condense this down into one top tip or key takeaway, can't even say it properly for our audience tonight. What would it be? <laughs> For our audience tonight, what would it be? <laughs> a, a takeaway. All right, so I'm not. I'm going to try not to repeat myself, which is yes. often a struggle. Often a struggle for me. Hey, so I, I'm going to say. So a, a tip for this kind of writing is try to include your reader, and by that I mean maybe I'm going to do that by asking. If, if I say I'm, I'm going to try and sell you a uh, a vacation, a vacation, I can say this vacation spot has these five wonderful blah 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 blah. Or I can say to you, that that's the traditional broadcast way. Or I can say to you, hey, Andy, think about the best vacation you ever had. What were the things you loved most? Now, as soon as I do that, I'm actually, instead of you being the recipient of something, I've now engaged your mind. Or I can say, Andy, imagine, if I use the word imagine, I can ask an open-ended question. I can use words like imagine. Mm. And as soon as I do that, you then become part of this process. I'm yeah. still the writer, but you are you are kind of working with me in a way because you, you're now remembering things about vacations. I don't know what they are, but I've included you. And, and, and again, I think the idea of being able to include the reader in the process is hugely powerful. And, and again, it gets you out of that pushy, salesy broadcast mode. Yeah. And, and particularly if I've been listening to you, if you say to me, uh, I wish, um, you know, I wish vacations cost less. Mm. If, I, if, I, if I hear a whole bunch of people in my audience saying that, I'm now going to mirror that. I'm going to say, do you ever wish vacations costed less? If I, if I mirror your language, in other words, I'm listening to you, I'm being respectful of what you're thinking, mm. and I mirror back your language, you're going to immediately feel, oh, my God, he gets me. Yeah. Which so so the trust. idea, yeah, which builds trust. So, yeah. so if I, I as, as my tip, as my takeaway, the outcome we are looking for here. <laughs> for audience tonight. <laughs> yes, yeah, for our audience tonight, the outcome we are aiming for is that when you're writing any kind of promotional sales copy, Try to be inclusive. Include the reader. Mm. Let let them be part of this this process. Oh, Nick, thank you so much for coming on. So, how can our listeners uh, find out more about you, your book, and your various online properties? <laughs> <laughs> My properties, 
Right. Well, just go to conversationalcopywriting.com uh, and I've got I've got information about my course. I got a I got a blog there, tons of blog posts you can read. I have actually put together a page at conversationalcopywriting.com forward slash Andy with a small a. Oh, thank you. That's just for me, folks. No one else can go there. (laughs) You can go there. Everyone go there. Slash Andy. Go there, and uh, yeah, you'll see me. You'll you'll see me doing that balancing act of yes, I'm going to ask for your name and email address, and I'm going to give you stuff in return. But if you're brave enough to do that, then hopefully what you'll see is that after that, I actually engage with you in a way that isn't too salesy or pushy. That's great. So thank you so much. So just for our audience again, it's it's um. Uh, conversationalcopywriting.com forward slash Andy. Sorry, Nick, I interrupted. I think you were gonna, about to say something, weren't you? Yeah, but I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> that's the beauty I'm sure, of having... I'm sure we'll live without it. <laughs> <laughs> that's the beauty of having a video feed. You get all these like little facial cues. and the, Oh, he was about to say something, and now I'm talking over him. <laughs> yes. So, Nick, thanks so much for coming on, and thanks for listening, all of our lovely listeners. The show notes, including that link, the slash Andy link, but everyone can go to it, will be at the uh, show notes page, sitevisibility.co.uk slash podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review because that helps us to you know get a bit bigger and better and get to more people. If you've got suggestions or questions, um, email them to podcast at sitevisibility.co.uk. You can tweet at sitevisibility on Twitter. Uh, and we also have a site visibility group on LinkedIn. Well, that's all from me, Andy. And it's all from Nick. <laughs> Bye-bye. And we'll see you next time on Internet Marketing. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 